Hey everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. This is your hostess, Nicole DeVincentis, the hostess with the mostest, who's feeling super sassy today. And this is the Transformation Gold Coaching and Training Academy's official podcast here. So it's great to have you with us. Thanks for joining. Today's topic is actually, I'm like an avid reader. I got to admit, Shakespeare is one of my most favorite authors of all time. So, you know, in my brain, there's like movie quotes, show tunes, (laughs) quotes from books. It's kind of a scary place. There's unicorns jumping in there. There's like soundtracks. There's like Sinatra, Pavarotti, DJ Khalid, Beyonce. Like there's a lot of stuff happening in there. And today, let's pull something out and we're going to call this To Thine Own Self Be True. Okay, who knows where that comes from? Where's that quote taken from? I gave you a a hint very early on, but that's where this is coming from. But we're going to put this in the application of your own personal and professional development. Now, what does that mean? You know, what what is this? Everyone talks about being true to yourself and being your authentic self. And I want to, I want to cast a very specific and laser like angle on this, um, It's something that I I feel strongly about, something very passionate about, and I want to allow you to be able to step through this so that you have the right information so that you can actually develop yourself to your highest potential, whatever this is personal or professional realm, but you you have to know where you're anchoring yourself, if that makes any sense. So this is what I mean by that. So, you know, there's a lot of things which are coming forth on social media, mainstream media, with, you know, podcasts and different, you know, pieces of like articles and all different things that you can read about being your authentic self. Okay. Now listen to the entire concept here. All right. All of us are born with, I'm talking about personalities right now. We're all born with specific personalities. I mean, you can see that early on with children. Okay. If you've ever been around, like even infants, you get to know the heart of that child and how they best respond to things in the environment, like really, really early on. Okay, and you can break this down like you can go online, you can take all different personality tests and, you know, there's like DISC and then there's different ones that talk about like animals and and all this stuff. All right. Whatever you want to do, you can go ahead and have your your fun time with that. We'll we'll come back to that at a different time. But what you're going to see is that there's pretty much like four distinct personalities. If you would, you know, one is the high achiever maybe not bossy, (laughs) maybe more strong leadership skills. Like these are the people like very driven, like very action oriented, very high performers, very much moving forward, great delegators, like, like they're like steam plowing ahead. Okay. Very driven, very focused. Okay. Then there's the other individuals who are kind of like not flighty, but airy, just like all up in like the creative space of, of wonder. And this is, yay, this is lovely. I, I love this. It's vast out there. Yay. Okay. And then there's like the heartfelt people who <laughs> now receive this. I always have to preface this with my heartfelt people. These are the people who are always up in their fields and it's a good thing. Okay. But it's always just like, "Ah!" okay, that's them. (laughs) And then you have the others who are more 
like solid. They don't necessarily move fast. They're very predictable. They're very grounded individuals. And they're the people who usually kind of like anchor the ship <laughs> when everybody is like, you know, going off the deep end. Okay, so everybody has their personality, everybody has their role, and that's pretty much like what you're born with, okay? Now, as you go along your life, it's imperative if you are going to be in a leadership role that you are able to understand the other types, number one, you got to understand how they think. You have to understand how to communicate with them. But one of the strongest things that you can actually learn is how to either get their attention or anchor them. I call it anchoring them. Okay? Because here's what you need to know. This applies to yourself and the team that you're leading as well. Your greatest strength. Okay? So that could be your drive. Your greatest strength is your creative, uninhibited imagination your greatest strength of being so heartfelt, your greatest strength of being strong and stable, okay? Your greatest strength always becomes your greatest weakness. All right, think about it. Individuals, and I'm gonna put myself here, I am the first type, okay? Very, very driven. I do have a lot of the other characteristics and I've done so much freaking personal development now, I, I think like I'm a hodgepodge of everything, but my underlying operating system is actually, I'm, I'm the first. And I call it leadership skills. <laughs> very driven, very focused, very action-oriented. And once you get into that mode, once we get into that mode, it's very difficult for anybody that nobody even tries to derail you anymore. Like you are just that people know where you stand. They get out of your way and they just sometimes they don't even talk anymore because they know that you're in, you know, that like production mode. Well, it can become a deterrent if you have to be in a situation where a, a, a kinder, softer side of yourself has to show up. And it can be rough depending on your environment. You know, if I were to be in the emergency room and I were to show up as, you know, Bambi on the ice, I would have been freaking eaten alive, both by the patients and the clientele, but also by the nature of what we were seeing every day. You can't, I wouldn't be able to operate. I wouldn't be able to help people at their greatest time of need had I needed to show up in that soft space. But I'm telling you, when you look at the other end of it, your greatest strength, the places where you need to show up softer, if you continue to operate in that mode and you just say, well, this is how I am, and you refuse to do, well, this is actually the internal work, to be able to kind of like buffer and, you know, file off some of those rough around the edges sides, which probably has provided for your family, you know, it's keeping you afloat during many different times, it doesn't serve you well in the other areas. And it's very simple to say, well, this is just how I am. Okay, but it doesn't work at that that level. It doesn't work. I mean, you can look at your life. I mean, how are your relationships? My high level achievers or if you've passed through this station, you know, you met a time like maybe you ended up. This is common. You ended up in a nasty divorce because you were so focused. I know this is kind of humbling and this is okay. This is what we call personal development, but you got to understand that in order to be able to lead other people, you have to first lead yourself. So it starts internal and then you're able to work it external. Okay. If you don't do the internal work, eventually this is like somebody who's trying to date you and the mask is on there. And then just one day the mask falls off and you're like, who the hell is this? 
okay? It has to be congruent. It has to be everything about you has to, like your body heals from the inside out. And that's what we're doing here. So first it's a little bit of awareness, <laughs> conviction of the heart. And then how do we apply this to leading a team? Okay. So if you look at those driven individuals or you're a driven individual, you can say, all right, what caused me to recognize the fact that I needed to do something different? Did my wife suddenly leave me? Did my children, you know, go away? Do I not have any relationships in my life? Like usually with the high driven, you know, very focused individual, usually it comes at an expense. Usually your relationships are barren or non-existent or somewhat dysfunctional because the people don't know how to operate on you because you're, you're always at such high level all the time. Does that make sense? So that's, that's that one. All right. So greatest strength, the creative kind of like airy, like visionary type of people up and out there. Well, guess what? Your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. All right. Let's look at your day-to-day -day operations. Let's look at your schedule. Okay. <laughs> what schedule? Okay. Are you delinquent on your bills? <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Like how, how kept are you? What's your physical appearance? Are you like way out there? Like you look like you, like if you're talking like building a professional, uh, personal professional brand, do you dress like rainbow bright? And now you're sitting <laughs> or expecting to get a meeting with high level executives and you're not able to make that step over yet. And you're just assuming this is who I am. This is how I should be. And you're not making that connection point. Do you see what I'm saying? When you're looking to lead other people, you have to become very well aware of who you are. To thine own self be true. You operate in your areas of strengths, but it's going to act as somewhat of a barrier if you are not aware of your weaknesses. And then how do you bridge the gap to, to, to meet your people where they are? This is not shrinking you down into a lower form. What this is, this is like actually building out three different, three other dimensions of yourself to be able to meet your people where they are and help to grow them. And sometimes you have to, you know, kind of like, we're talking like outfits here or what you're wearing. Like you can't come in looking like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and expect to be taken seriously in the beginning stages. Now, maybe you build up a following for yourself. You build up reputation. You build up results for yourself. That's when you see these people come in and they're just kind of like whoever they are. But in the meantime, you know, you've got to be well aware of where it is that you're trying to go. Okay. And you've got to be able to meet your people and then grow. Do you see what I'm saying? You always want to be keeping that in the back of your mind. Okay. You're a walking billboard for your personal professional brand. If you're up there and you're flighty and you're not paying your bills or you have no schedule or you are always late or you never even show up or you always forget things or you're always making excuses or you say, I'm just no good at math just because <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like to, you have to understand that your greatest strength of that visionary creative side is also your greatest weakness. So what are you going to do about that? Okay. When you lead a team, you have to have those fundamental like day-to-day -day operation skills. Cool. Okay. My heartfelt people, same exact thing. Now I love you. You need to know that from the get. Okay. So listen to the information <laughs> and let's be honest here. Okay. And you can grab yourself a little tissue. 
Help it. All right, welcome. Welcome to the Demon Sentence Training Academy. If we can't have fun with one another, what else is there? Okay, so you're 100% heart led, all right, and you, you fill like a void in society. Like, we're so glad that you're here. But let me ask you something. Let's look at finance for a quick second before we get into relational style. How many purchases have you made because you felt bad? <laughs> that you wanted to give more, or it was just that one extra little thing, or you just couldn't help it, and you were caught up in the moment, and then all of a sudden, 10 grand later, <laughs> here you are with this thing, or you made a purchase, and then you kind of like have the morning after regrets. Okay, heart-led people. Okay, very, very tightly tied with emotion. Or if something happens, and you, all you do is cry, and you're just crying, you go, ah, Okay, how well does that work at the PTA meetings? <laughs> it doesn't, right? It doesn't. I get it. I get it. And that's your internal operating system. And I'm not by any means saying like you can't have feelings. Okay, but when we get into different types of coaching, especially when we get into like financial coaching, because perhaps your finances are a mess because you're making all purchases through the lens of your heart rather than adhering to if you have like a family or business, you know, budget that you, you need to make sure that your your innies and your outies are being you know managed and, and watched and, and, you know, properly handled. Right. So you can either have your feelings, you can have your finances. It's literally like that black and white. Okay, so you can talk about your feelings. You're allowed to have your feelings, of course. Your feelings are valid, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the world has to cater because everybody's worried that you're going to be up in your feels all the time. Your greatest strength becomes your greatest weakness. And check me on this for, for accuracy is that usually when you're a heartfelt individual, this is what I get as a coach. A lot of these people come forth to coaching on like the personal and professional development level and they all say like I don't have any friends and they go on this mental tailspin because they're all like but I know that I'm a really good person and then they're kind of like teary-eyed and crying but what they don't consider the fact is that when you're that heart-led what usually happens is the people in your relationships get exhausted because you're it's like there's like this Excuse, this is the only way I know how to compare it. Like this is just vomiting of feelings out all over the place and everybody's exhausted from being around it all the time. That's the truth. <gasps> I know that makes you want to cry right now. <laughs> it's okay, all right? This is why, this is why I have those triage tools, like how to command your emotionality. So you can go back to the previous podcast and take a listen, all right? So this is how it works. I mean, this is what's going to empower you because I know this is what it is, okay? My heartfelt people and understanding the heartfelt people is that everyone reaches a time in their life where you have to kick your shit into gear and you have to be able to navigate either in a professional space, you're going to be applying for a job, you're looking to, I don't know, go back to school, you're, you're looking to lead any sort of a team, you're running, um, not like pep rallies, but what, like booster clubs for, for kids, and you cannot, you cannot, especially when you're dealing with a group of moms or people who have children, you know, at a particular level, 
you, you can't afford to run a team all up in your fields. Because guess what? People follow the example of the leader. And so when you're all up in your fields, the team that you're developing has the tendency to do the same. And we all know how good that works, right? You get a room full of women who blame everything on getting their period and this, that, and the other thing, and this, this one pissed me off, and da, 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 da. There's no progress, right? I saw that for years in the nursing industry, all right? It didn't serve us well at all. And, well, you can say <laughs> a lot about that. But what I'm saying is that your greatest strength becomes your greatest weakness. So you've got to be aware of that, that weak point, if you will, that vulnerable point when you're stepping into a leadership role. All right. And it's the responsibility of you, of, of yourself, especially, you know, for you to be clear on your goal, are you really looking to lead a group or a team or a person or whatever? And if you're going to be committed and, and committed to that goal, how do you do that effectively? You leverage your strengths, but you always have to be well aware of your weaknesses. Unfortunately, you can't always delegate your feelings, <laughs> right? We always say like, okay, if you have your weaknesses, you either have to make your weaknesses your strengths or you're going to have to outsource and delegate it, but you can't always delegate your feelings, right? <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so that's personal development, okay? And then lastly, we have our last personality type, our, our, our anchors, okay? They're kind of like a piece of wood, very stable, very predictable, they usually don't rustle a whole lot of feathers. Like they usually don't even like a lot of sh like bullshit. Like they like to have pretty much like a bullshit free life. We're very consistent in our action, but very oftentimes can be slow to change. Like that's the weakness. Greatest strength anchors the team, very consistent, very, very forward moving. And these people can achieve wonderful things. You can do wonderful things. But I'd like to ask you now, let's look at your relationships. How many times do the people in your relationship say things like, you're not listening like, why? No, the answer is always no. I'll call you freaking doctor, no. Or we always have to do the same thing all the time, all the time. This is boring all the time, all the time. And that's where your greatest strength becomes the greatest weakness. Because let's face it, even though we have that saying like birds of a feather flock together, when it comes to relationship dynamics, typically you kind of attract the opposite. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's where things tend to become rocky. Or when you're developing your team, you have to have different personality types, people with different strengths there. Otherwise, if you had one whole solid team full of anchors, okay, and anchor is a good thing. Anchor is a good thing, right? But if there was, wasn't anybody who had that visionary kind of like, you know, up in the pie in the sky sort of vision or, you know, that level of emotion, that heartfelt emotion, or even the first type, the very, very like fast, decisive, let's move this ship forward type of people. Like that's when you're going to have the best team when you have all that. But whoever's in charge, you've got to be acutely aware of the fact that if you have the high achiever, high performer on your team and you are the last type, you are the, this is just consistent and steady and very methodical and this is what we're going to do that first person is going to get pretty annoyed unless you have some sort of a system in place where it gives them you know a longer a longer trail of string in order to do their thing 
right? And that's where you get into the dynamics of what you're trying to accomplish with your organization and your team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Does that make sense? So to thine own self be true is becoming aware of your shit first and foremost. And it's not saying, well, this is how I am. And therefore society has to cater to me. No, that's wrong. Because guess what? We're also flawed human beings. Every single one of us. All right. And the farther you get into this, the more you realize what a giant asshole you actually are. Because as soon as you say something, okay, like this is how it is, you have to watch out because you're, you're like moments away of doing the exact same thing that you just told everybody, like this is how it is and now you're about to do the opposite. So you're like always, you know, monitoring yourself so that you can keep yourself at that high level, but you're always doing that internal work to develop yourself so that you have that ability and it becomes very natural for you to be able to look at each individual, see their strengths. You know, this is part of like how you recognize talent, right? Where's their gifts at? And it's more like an iron sharpens iron thing. So that is you are grooming this team, especially if you're like building out an organization, you know, you've got to be able to look at your people. You got to know where they're going before they ever even get there so that you can have very open and honest dialogue with them to keep everybody on track. Like that's a full, it's a full contact sport. Okay. And as you do this and as you get better command and understanding of yourself, people underneath you and underneath you, but I mean the people who you're leading, they watch you. And they're going to actually learn to trust you. And they're not going to be watching you to step out of line. All right. You want to be sure that the people on your team are the right people. Okay. I've been, you know, on all these different places where you have people who are watching you to step by the line so that they can checkpoint on you. Those are not your teammates. Okay. That's a bunch of toxic bullshit. And if you have, if these are your employees, those people should have never been let in. Like those are cancers in the organization and you've got to cut cancers out. So they either need a freaking <laughs> behavioral checkpoint or they need to go because they're going to, they're going to destroy everything that you are trying to create. So there's a lot of time and effort, and I'm not telling you things that you don't already know a lot of time and effort, which is spent upfront on the qualification process. Just like you qualify individuals through sales, you know, you qualify people for the time, you qualify your prospect, are they financially qualified? Are they honestly committed? Or are they just kind of like curious, you know, where are we with this? Are they just telling you stuff that you want to hear because they're, you know, afraid to say no, or they're afraid to hang up the phone, they, they're just too nice of like, where is this going? You see what I'm saying? And that's why when you have individuals in your organization, like you have to be aware of what you want them to do and who you want them to be before they even get there, right? The expectation for people to be as invested in your dream or your goal. And this could even be what you expect on the family front as well. If you're, you know, leading a household, nobody's going to be as invested in it as you. People who just by natural inclination, unless you're the driven person <laughs> and the driven person either does something or they don't do it. Okay. So it does apply to them as well, but nobody's going to do it. They just would rather not. 
I mean, let's face it, nobody wants to scrub toilets, nobody wants to empty garbage, and sometimes it's easy for people to get caught up in a job description and say things like, oh, that's not my job or whatever, but if you're building an organization and the expectation is forward movement of the entire space, that has to be communicated from you. All right, so it all comes into getting to know yourself, all right, so that you can learn how to communicate and touch in the deep level of the hearts of everybody to get them on the same page with you all the time. So it's communicate, 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 and then communicate some more, right? And it's helping to grow them, not saying, you know what, you're right, this is how you are. I mean, if you want to put this in a funny way, look at toddlers, I bring in the elements of growth and development into a lot of different teachings and trainings because children just by nature are born selfish, right? When do they want to eat? Now. When do they want their diaper changed? Now. Okay. And what do they do until they get their needs met? They scream their little bloody heads off. (laughs) If you have a toddler and he wants, you know, this particular cereal from the grocery store, he wants it. You don't put it in the cart. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to have a freaking meltdown, throw himself onto the ground and then turn his body into jello so that you can't even pick him up. And he's wailing and carrying on. And you're like, what the hell? I just needed to come in here and get 10 things. Now I have to leave my cart, leave the store because he's so obnoxious right now. And now I even have to kind of like carry him out by his clothes because his body's like jello and people are sitting there like, oh my God, this lady has no control. This guy has no control over his kid, blah, 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 blah. And what do you have to do? You have to teach them how to, how to be better. Okay. You can't have all of your needs met all the time. Like this sort of behavior, this doesn't fly here. No, you can't have temper tantrums in the grocery store. That's not what we do. And it's the same thing when you're developing yourself. Like we're all selfish. We all want to have our needs met, but you as the leader, you have to rise to the top. Like everything is your responsibility. And as soon as you get ownership of that, like now it changes your position where you're not pulling a team, you're not pushing a team, you are carving out what the expectations are, all right? And you're helping people to grow into a bigger and better version of themselves, which is imperative. If this is an organization, and I I think I'm talking more specifically, you're building teams in the professional sphere, but it it applies definitely to the home front too, that you want to have people who continue to grow because with growth, usually comes additional, you can trust them more and you can garnish, they can garnish more responsibility. And then they usually take more initiative to do certain things, right? And then they turn around and they teach the people who are behind them, right? So it becomes kind of like a domino effect, but it starts with understanding your primary operating system, Now, when you're getting up and you're first getting started, you always want to operate in the areas of your strengths. So I don't know what that is for you, like what your endeavor is, what your mission is, but you have to realize that wherever you are, you're going to reach a lid. Okay. You know the type of individual that you are, right? You got the whole nature versus nurture thing. And your environment definitely, definitely contributes to the person who you are. You're going to reach an ethical point, okay? Where to thine own self be true, 
I'm not going to do that because it violates my ethical standards. I'm not going to do that because it's violating the core values of my organization. Okay? You have to know who you are, what you stand for, and what you don't. It's been my experience that most of the breakdowns that happen in an organization, barring just like reckless behavior, you know, stealing and things like that, that when you violate your core values, that's when a lot of problems come to be. And we see this on the dating front. We see this on the financial front, right? Think about this. Think about through, you know, the trails of your life. You've gone out with somebody whose core values did not match yours and you morphed yourself and tried to fit into a situation and thought that you were doing the right thing by, you know, molding and changing so that, you know, you could match this other person. And how well did it go? It didn't go. Eventually, you have a disruption of your core values. It's going to come out fierce and ugly. All right. You end yourself in a terrible place. That happens, doesn't it? I get it. I get it. Just like perhaps a heartfelt person whose heart led all the time may not be able to survive in a high pressure sales environment or an emergency room. Maybe not. Maybe you can. Maybe it's something that you can teach yourself. But you have to know what that primary operating system is so that you can operate in that level of strength but with that ability to lead other teams. Despite your knowing who you are, and this is how I am, it's becoming very, very willing to expose what is essentially your vulnerable point and look at it and groom it from them, from there. Okay, so that it's no longer just to thine own self be true, like this is how I am. Now I have more expansive thought. I can consider different perspectives. I understand how you're seeing it through that lens. Does that make sense? doesn't mean that that's what we're going to accept in my organization, but I see your perspective. Okay, so it allows you, it's kind of like when you do worldwide travel. All of a sudden, you're seeing things from a completely different angle, and it tends to enrich you on levels you didn't even really formally appreciate because now you have respect. You've had like submersion in a culture and you've had, you know, sub, submersion or immersion in a culture and you see how different the world actually is and it allows for expansion in your thought. Same thing with this. Once you get to understand how people are, why people do what they do. It expands your thought, but it also puts you in a position of power and not from, you know, like a a dictatorship, but it actually allows you to remain in your power where when things happen or when you're navigating a course, you have command of your emotionality. And I don't just mean that for the heartfelt people, people like Everybody has like their tipping point and you just like, you know, the highly driven individuals are very likely to be very sharp and kind of like what's dictatorial, if that's even a word, just like this is where we're going and it can come, you know, sometimes if people don't cooperate, like all of a sudden you just want to like scream and like what the F is the matter with you and you can be very sharp in your, in your sort of retaliation, you know, what you say in, in response. 
and you can't afford to do that as the leader. There's going to be times when you have to check people. There's no question about it. Okay. You're acting like a dick or you just freaking stop crying so much or come back to earth. <laughs> you know, <laughs> NASA has you on a space rocket or I need you to pick your feet up and move a little bit faster. Right. So there's going to always be that, but just simply saying, this is how I am is never going to be sufficient to get you to whatever the next level is. And it's never going to be enough to keep you there, even if it gets you there. Does that make sense? I know it gives you a lot of food for thought, doesn't it? All right. So your challenge for today, it's a shorter podcast, okay, is to identify which of those four types. Now you may have more than one quality, okay? And and that's fine. Identify which is your primary. Okay, it's short, simple, sweet. And pay attention, if you're not sure, (laughs) if you're not sure, (laughs) let's do something really quickly here. Okay, this is what I do. When I need to get at like the heart of the matter, I always say a prayer, okay? And so what you can actually do is you can actually pray for wisdom, for sensitivity, all right? So wisdom is you get wise, right? So you get like pieces of knowledge and understanding. You can pray for sensitivity and receptivity. So when those answers are coming to you so that you always stay in an open state of mind and heart to see it and to absorb it. And then direction, okay? Where do I go with this? So that's, that's going to be your key point. If you're honestly not sure which one of those four you are. All right. So your, your, your challenge for today, recognize which of the four you are. Okay. Now here's the rule. I bet (laughs) that as we're talking, you're able to identify all the other people in your, in your network or in your circle. Okay. But personal growth, all right. And your ability to lead others, you have got to the three fingers, you know, if you point a finger, there's three pointing back at you. You have to do the work on yourself first. Okay. Then it goes outwards. This is what we call personal development. Okay. So it starts with you and then you're able to see similar qualities in other people. The danger, if you're always pointing the finger is that you leave yourself out of the equation and you don't grow. Now you've got, you know, if you've got solutions for everybody, like you're always heartfelt and you never move fast enough and you, 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 no, 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 no. Okay. It starts from within. Okay. Molding your heart to become more pure so that you can operate from a greater level of understanding, not just doormat acceptance. So this is just how they are or whatever, blah, he's an alcoholic. I'm just gonna, you know, whatever. It's what he wants to do. Okay. It's understanding that when you're leading a team, okay, it's being able to bridge that gap in order to get a more cohesive team that's going to come together and be able to spin and spark and gain a lot of traction and momentum to take your organization or whatever production or project or your your family or household that you're working on to keep everything functional and very, very high level. So that if you step away for a moment, you've actually groomed other leaders. And that's what it's all about. When you're a leader, you're grooming other leaders. You're not grooming people who are dependent on your presence. That would be a, that would be a setup for failure. 
Because if you call in sick or you go on vacation, you don't want to worry that things are going to be operating behind you. You've got to be able to step aside and know that you have the right people in the places to do the things to keep business moving forward, right? So that's why personal development is essential to your professional development. Got the hitch now? All right, so what type are you? Take note of it, note the places when you see it at, its, at your strength and notice the places where it becomes your weakness. All right, so let's get out there. This is your, your first type. <laughs> I call it a high D. Let's go out there and carpe our damn diem. <laughs> All right, make it a great day. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us.